2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom
3: You know, Sonny Jurgensen had a pretty good career against the Dallas Cowboys. I hope Cowboys fans will be respectful and cheer for Sonny when they honor him on Sunday. You know why? Because I don't know how many Commanders fans are going to be there. Slash... Redskins fans who may have seen Sonny play and appreciate uh, what Sonny did as a quarterback. So, hey, Cowboys fans, if you're going out there, Sonny, I believe, I'm pretty sure, I had a close to, if not a winning record against you. So, cheer for the guy when they honor him because a lot of people won't be there coming up this week. So, speaking of quarterbacks, man who's coached him and said last week on this show that he'd have stayed with number four, and uh, we saw how things worked out yesterday Pleased to bring back in, as always, on Mondays, our friend Jay Gruden. Jay, how are you?
4: Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Jay. How are you? Um, how you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. Um, you know, I, I, this loss to me feels a lot like that 2016 end of regular season loss against the Giants. Um, and I wonder, you know, because, of course, you were involved in that, did this loss to you – uh, by the commanders, which eliminates them from playoff contention against seemingly a opponent that you should beat at home. Does that feel the same way, or was that worse because you were involved in it? How would you kind of measure those?
5: Well, obviously it was worse because I was involved in it. But yeah, both of them are very similar. They both ended the season. Both games that on paper we should have done better. We should have won games. But uh, at the end of the day, you got to strap it up and play your opponent. They they come to play as well and. We didn't get it done. We turned the ball over too many times, and obviously Washington didn't get it done yesterday because they just were totally inefficient on offense and gave up too many big plays on defense.
3: Jay, I know it's more than just the quarterback, but was that a tough ask for Carson Wentz after all those weeks of not playing? Was that a tough ask to put him in that situation in your mind, to think that he would just all of a sudden find it? Because when we last saw him, he didn't exactly have it.
5: Yeah, I mean, that's the issue that I had moving forward with Carson because it wasn't like he was uh, lighting it up. I mean, they were struggling on third down. They were struggling throwing the football, struggling protecting them. Uh, I just thought that having a more mobile quarterback back there was a better solution with the way they were playing on offense and running the ball. Uh, But, yeah, it's tough. You know, it's hard to watch. His inaccuracy as a quarterback right now, I don't know what's wrong with him. I mean, he threw a check – He threw a check wide into the dirt. He threw a flat route 20 yards over the guy's head. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had poor reads, poor decision-making, and uh, he just didn't look like the same guy that he he was as a rookie. You know, I know last year he struggled quite a bit in Indianapolis, but uh, he's got some uh, issues uh, fundamentally that I think he's got to work through to get back to where he was.
4: Jay, I'm I'm curious by this, um, you know, before we get into the rest of the decision in the future, when... So I wasn't at practice last week. I was in Cleveland with my kids, uh, but, you know, talking to several reporters that were there, they were all talking about how Carson was terrible in practice last week when they would, you know, in the limited window that media gets. You know how that works. So you don't see everything. I wonder, like, could could a lot of that spill over to the game, like meaning you play as you practice, or do you think that was just kind of a coincidence?
5: I don't think so. I think that he's been struggling with his accuracy for some time now. This isn't just come on yesterday. I mean, this, this accuracy issue has been been around here for a while, even when he started early in the season. Um, so, yeah, that's why I was surprised they went to him, actually, um, until they figured that part of it out, you know, get his health totally back to 100%. I don't know if it's back, his finger, whatever it might be. He just doesn't look like the same guy, unfortunately. And I don't think you become inaccurate on Sunday. I think you're inaccurate – on Wednesday, you're inaccurate. On Thursday, mm. uh, something's got to change, in my opinion, with his uh, throwing motion or accuracy or fundamentals, his footwork. Something, something's up there. Because uh, he's he's a talented guy. He's a big, strong kid. He should be playing a lot better than he is.
3: Jay, I can recall Jim Plunkett figuring it out deep into a career after the first couple of stops had been, you know, really a struggle. But at this point, do you think it's salvageable with that player? Because a, a I don't think it's going to happen here. And B, you know, when you look around the league, it's not like there aren't jobs available because the play at this position right now, I swear to God, I think it's at an all time low in terms of its consistency. But so somebody may bring him in and give him a chance. But at this point is do you think he's salvageable at this at this point?
5: I think it'd have to be as a backup, coming in and give him another opportunity in that regard and try to uh, win the job in some regard in that fashion, but not as a starter. I don't think anybody's going to take a chance and make him their starting quarterback and, uh, next year or the year after. I think it's going to take some time for him to build his career back up. His career's not over by a long shot. He's young, talented. Like I said, he's big and strong. Uh, but he's got to work through some issues. And, uh, you know, I, obviously I don't think it'll be here, but he's got a chance to do that. There's been a lot of quarterbacks that have struggled earlier in their careers with some injuries and then got back. Uh, and had a very successful career, hopefully for him. uh, Personally, he's a good guy, and hopefully it works out for him later on. Jay, if
4: Taylor Heineke was playing yesterday, and clearly the fans wouldn't have been chanting Heineke, Heineke, unless he did something well, Uh, they were doing that right from the jump yesterday, right from the first incomplete, the first interception, all of that to Wentz. If Heineke was playing yesterday, ultimately, do they win in your mind, uh, or or at least is the offense, um, I guess, much, m- much better? Uh, is is the right way, to, I guess, to ask that?
5: I just don't see Heineke making some of those decisions. You know, the first interception that he threw, uh, Terry, there was never a point in the route where Terry was open. I don't right. know what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the deep ball, there was never, the, the receiver was never behind the defense for him to even attempt that throw, and the third one was awful as well. So I don't know if, Heineke makes those decisions. I don't know if they're going to call the same plays with Heineke. Who knows what would have happened, but I know that Heineke wouldn't have made those decisions. Uh, could they have won? Would they have been more lenient towards the running game? Then probably so. Then I think they probably would have had a better chance if they would have got the running game going early and try to force their hand that way. The way they were successful when his win streak was going on, they were running the ball efficiently and, and converting on third down. Very similar to the drive they had, that 98-yard drive they had. That's their style of football. Right. I think I think Carson only threw the ball two or three times in the 15 play drive, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's their style. They just didn't get a chance to get it done.
3: You know, Jay. I mean, a couple times. You know, maybe you obviously lived it. You know, I mean, I think you're a good guy to ask this question. One one of the pet peeves I have, and I see it at you know college level, pro level. When you got a key play, especially in short yardage, and you don't have your best guys on the field, uh, to me that's that that's a problem. You know, a couple of weeks in a row now, short yardage play. And it's not Brian Robinson, who's supposed to be your best running back, certainly your most physical running back at this point, And you don't have that that player on the field. And I just have a problem with a key play that doesn't go anywhere because you didn't have your best player at that position uh, on the field. I mean, how does th- how does that happen? And that that happens in multiple places, Jay.
5: I don't know. I don't know. I know that if uh, your go-to running back, a big physical guy, who's been Proven that he can get two, three tough yards on a give it, on a on a carry to carry basis mm-hmm. is not in there on a short yardage key critical down uh, makes no sense to me. Uh, it, it doesn't, and I, I think that a lot of coaches maybe get too tricky. Um, you know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Sometimes coaches overthink the play, overthink the play and try to be too cute and fancy when, when sometimes the best thing is to just hey, let's hand it off. Let's be more physical than they are at the point of attack and get the part get it to our best player.
4: Yeah. Four straight fourth and one attempts and no Brian Robinson on any of them, (laughs) which is, I mean, over the last two weeks, which is pretty incredible. And they were only successful on the Wentz plunge. And, and, you know, I mean, at least they got that Uh, following up on that, Jay, one of my key contentions, uh, you know, you know how fans are. They think like a million things happen during an eight minute halftime uh, break you guys are in the locker room for like eight or nine minutes, right? And they think like everybody changes their game plan and makes all these souped up adjustments. And, and listen, teams do that, but they don't do it quite. I don't think to the effect that fans want and think, well, yesterday you you go on this 21 play drive, 96 yards, you finally punch it in, you finally convert on fourth down. My contention was they came out flat as a pancake in the third quarter. They two-yard run loss on a on a, uh, a sweep-wide left. Offensive line gets blown up to smithereens on third down. Uh, they try some fancy run action on second down, and they lost the momentum, and I wonder if they kind of – almost fell asleep thinking, ah, you know, we just broke their back. They're not in it. They're not playing for anything. We just crushed them. 21-play drive, and they came out flat in the third quarter. Do you buy any of that or no?
5: I do buy the, That was a critical drive, in my opinion, because they had a chance to really uh, set the stage for the rest of the game with another physical drive right down their throat. Uh, but you got a hand at the Cleveland. Uh, their coaching staff did a great job coming out and getting their team ready to go because they really had nothing to play for other than pride, and they came out and, and laid it to Washington's front, and you would like it to be the other way around. Unfortunately for Washington, it wasn't as a critical first three and out for them, and I think that's that set the stage for the rest of the game and made Washington uh, play a game that they didn't really want to play, and that's having to throw the ball.
3: Talking to Jay Gruden here as normally joins us during touchdown at 10, recapping Washington's loss yesterday to the Cleveland Browns. And Jay, we talk about it all the time. Maybe I'm wrong, but again, you coach in the league. You've coached for a number of years. Teams that are not in contention sometimes are, A, the most dangerous teams, or, I mean, it's either one or the other. You either get all in, or you get a team that as soon as they're down, they check out. Uh, Cleveland, very professional effort yesterday. And as I told the audience earlier, just because you don't have anything to play for from a team standpoint, every time you play is an audition for more money, either from your current team or somebody else in the off season. We got that from Cleveland uh, yesterday, even after they had that 21-play drive uh, you know, rammed at them uh, yesterday. Thoughts on the way they played, and by far, it's the best Deshaun Watson has looked. That second half was the best Deshaun Watson's look since he's come back.
5: Yeah, let's – Get a couple things straight. Cleveland has a good roster. I think they're one of the most underachieving teams in a league. They got good receivers, at Peoples Jones and Amari Cooper. They had a good offensive line. They got one of the best backs in football. They got a decent tight end. They had Deshaun Watson. They got the best cover corner in the league. One of them, and Denzel Warden. They got the best pass rusher, Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. They got and Clowney as well, and Reggie Ragland. I mean, they have talent on their football team. This is not a team that you can overlook ever with the talent that they have. They just underachieved this year with the short- quarterback issues that they had, but you can see that the, uh, they are a good football team and and not one that they can be taken lightly. Um, and, and obviously it showed yesterday the talent that they have.
4: No doubt. Former Redskins head coach Jay Gruden with us uh, here each and every Monday, a little bit later today. Jay, uh, appreciate working with us so we could grab all your phone calls and still uh, pick his brain. All right, so now moving forward, you're eliminated this week. Uh, I know how you get coaches are and how you're wired. You want to win every game. But a win this week, much like it did last year at the uh, at MetLife Stadium, actually hurts you, Jay. It hurts you in terms of <laughs> positioning. So how do you operate this week and yes or no on Sam Howell now that the season is officially over but not over?
5: I wouldn't rule out Sam Howell at all. I think he, if he's doing things in practice that uh, gives him the opportunity uh, that he deserves, you know what I mean? If he's throwing ducks in practice and not looking very good, then no, you can't go to Howell. But if he's uh, looking the part in practice, and I think he give him an opportunity. And I think uh, they will go out and try to win. Their offensive line will have to play well. Their defensive line will still play well. Their defense will have to come out strong. Um, the competitive nature of all football players, as such, uh, they better come out and try to win. You know, you saw what Cleveland did yesterday. See what some of these other teams are doing, despite not having anything to play for. Um, they're going to play. They're going to show up and play. I saw Atlanta play a good game yesterday, and uh, you know, so there, there's uh, a lot to play for for these guys. Pride, con- future contracts, stability on rosters, um, showing what other showing other scouts and other teams what they can do. So, a lot to play for for these guys.
3: Jay, we're watching uh, Kenny Pickett do some really clutch things the last couple of weeks in Pittsburgh. Brock Purdy obviously doing it with San Francisco. We've talked about him and his play over the last couple of weeks. You know, the, the, the ability of the young quarterback and how much, if any, does it change the narrative for a coach and an organization where they commit to the young guy? Clearly there's going to be some growing pains along the way. Pickett doesn't have the same defense that Purdy does in San Francisco to, you know, help erase some of your mistakes uh, that you make. But how much does that change the narrative for a coach, you know, when they commit to the young quarterback, knowing that seven, eight, you know, hey, in a perfect world, nine wins would be awesome uh, for that young guy? Does it really change things with ownership, with the perception uh, of fans uh, as you've coached in the league? Or Because if Ron had done that with a younger quarterback or even Heineke from the start of this season – do you think there'd be a better understanding of this team winning seven or eight games going that route as opposed to try and jam a veteran quarterback who's really struggled uh, down their throat
5: here? Well, I think there's a lot of situations in the league where some teams are happy with their eight wins. And they feel like the, they're they're going up. They have a lot to play for next year. They have a good young team, a good young quarterback. Pittsburgh's one. There's a lot of teams that feel like, hey, we may not make the playoffs, but things are looking good. We're going to rally around our young quarterbacks, surround them with good players, and we got a lot going for us in the future. And it, it, it is exciting. And then there's other teams that are like, oh, woe is me. We won seven or eight games, but what's the future look like at the most critical position in sports? It looks bleak, and that means your future looks bleak until you can figure that position out. And it's very important for these guys, especially here, to figure out that position because obviously um, the guys that they have, they don't feel very good about um, and they have to find somebody that can, they they can rally the troops and win some games and win some playoff games.
4: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, going into year four, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, Jay, as you know, the, the current owner is not an easy man to play for uh, or coach for, and, you know, it seems like right now it's a ship taking on a lot of water. Uh, here was uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about that we didn't get to um, – you know about the commanders. Ron's getting a lot of criticism for not knowing yesterday, right after the game, that they could have been eliminated. He said he wasn't aware of the scenario. Uh, I said earlier in the show, look, I was, you know, on vacation. I wasn't aware or uh, really thinking of that scenario either. How much? of that is on a head coach to know every scenario that his team faces. And what do you make of that whole situation? You know, Grant, like, you know, Grant asked tough questions, but it wasn't an unfair question. It was more about like, hey, if you're eliminated tonight, which, oh, by the way, you can, are you going to play Sam Howell next week? How, what would you make out of that whole situation?
5: It is odd. I think most coaches, all coaches, know the playoff scenarios because it changes the way you coach. You might go for it more on fourth down if you're trailing it, if you know that you could be done after this game. Your aggressive style, uh, the way you call a game could change. You got to know that there's a chance you could be eliminated uh, because uh, you just got to know that. You might change the way you approach the game in certain situations. So um, I don't know if he didn't know or not. It sounded like he didn't know, but uh, I, I, I believe that 99% of the coaches know their playoff scenario. Jay, is that a case where if
3: you know you're in desperate straits, I mean, you know at least if your team is showing no energy, is that a case where at least maybe fourth quarter, Ron probably should have turned to Heineke in desperation because your season is on the line uh, at that point? I mean, you're at a point of no return.
5: Well, he's the one guy that really has shown that he can give the team a spark. I mean, he already did it. So, yeah, I think for sure there should have been a chance for Heineke to come in there in the fourth quarter start the fourth quarter, end of the third quarter, something uh, to give that team a spark. Because Detroit was playing Chicago at home, that was a, probably a pretty given that they're going to win. And Green Bay is at home, and they're playing really good football right now. And that, mm-hmm. that you know, I know they're playing Minnesota, but odds are Green Bay is going to win at home. And both of them did win. So this is a must win for you. You gotta do you gotta get your best players out there on the field and the guys are gonna produce in critical situations. And if you're not playing well early in the game, you gotta get somebody in there that can maybe provide a spark. And I think Heineke could've. But hindsight's twenty-twenty. You know, Cleveland played a very good football game, so you gotta give them some credit too. Jay,
4: it looks like Derek Carr is gonna be available. I mean, be shocked if they can repair this relationship now between he, Josh McDaniel, and the uh, new general manager out there in Vegas. What do you make of that whole situation, knowing what your brother obviously had in him? And, you know, I mean, everybody, every coach and quarterback, there's frustrations. But I thought Derek Carr showed a lot of moxie when you consider everything that happened last year, leading that team to the playoffs. And here a year later, he's benched with two games to go and seemingly now going to be leaving uh, uh, the the Raider organization.
5: Yeah, he's got a lot of good football left, and somebody's going to go after him hard. I would... Be very, be very surprised if it wasn't here. Uh, and there's a lot of teams that are in desperate need for a quarterback. Uh, we can just go down the list. There's a ton of them. And Derek Carr will be tops of uh, a lot of teams' list. So he'll get another opportunity somewhere. It was kind of cool to see him in the way he played. He's a good quarterback, good young, talented quarterback. But Derek Carr is excellent. He's smart. He's a great leader, and, and somebody will be glad to have him.
3: Does he fit what Scott Turner
5: likes to do offensively? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, you can do a lot of things with Derek Carr before pre-snap, and he's so smart. You know, that's what uh, my brother really liked about him. My brother called three or four plays in a huddle, and and once they got the formation set and, and saw what the defense was doing, they could audible to the play that would best suit that defense and how to attack that defense. And Those are things that you get with Derek Carr. You get accuracy, you get toughness, you get great leadership, and he will help somebody.
4: So basically what you're saying in a nutshell, if you're the commanders and you're, you 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 have to kind of feel that Carson Wentz is not it and not going to get it back again, which they somehow felt before this season, and knowing that Heineke is not only a free agent, but maybe he's priced himself out of Washington considering how they feel about him, you, you I, I mean, that's got to be target number one, right? I, I mean, it, maybe it's not That'll the be, Russell I mean, Wilson pursuit, but, but it's a pretty strong pursuit, right?
5: Got to be, yes. I mean, look at his numbers over the years. I and mean, look at what he's done uh, with, with, like you said, with a lot of issues going on in that organization. And uh, he's produced consistently. Uh, he's got great arm talent. Um, yeah, he's got to be the number one number one on everybody's list right now as far as next year's quarterback, if you need one.
3: Jay, as always, we appreciate it, sir. And we will, we will come to you next Monday. We will review that final game. Because there could be things to review, some <laughs> interesting stuff to talk about especially if they do go the route of the young fellow let me ask you this though real quick thoughts on responsibility of Washington next week playing Dallas knowing that Dallas uh, is playing for significant stakes against Philadelphia is there any responsibility for Washington in your mind at all in how they play next week
5: Well, in my opinion, whenever you play Dallas, even if it's a preseason game or uh, touch football, you're going to try to beat Dallas' ass. That's just the way it is. I mean, that's (laughs) the nature of the rivalry. Everybody hates Dallas around here. The players should hate them. The coaches, the organization hates them. you got to go out and give your best shot and try to knock them down a notch. That would make you feel a lot better going into the offseason, knowing that you... Uh, took it to him on the last game of the year,
4: Jay. I love you, but that wouldn't make me feel better because at this point, I care more about the draft pick and the draft slot. You want the
5: thirteenth pick instead of the
4: fifteenth? Yeah, pick. I mean, I mean, I you know, I, listen. I mean, not that they can't screw that up, but it gives you a little bit more options and a little bit more leverage. You know, at this point, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm presiding over a funeral for the Commanders today, Jay. I don't, I, I don't care about a funeral for the Cowboys next week because they or or a feel good Sunday at the ballpark when you didn't show up the last month, you know?
5: Yeah, I hear you, but uh, it is the Cowboys and they're going to show up and they're going to play hard. It would be nice to see Deron Payne hit Dak Prescott a couple times and lay him out. Uh, I think that's the mentality they got to have going into it. It's I a rivalry you. game, it's a division game, and and try to get the win. Come on, Chris. I, we're not playing for the 13th pick in the draft. Uh,
4: Jay, you know me. I'm a weird dude, so this should probably not surprise you.
3: <laughs> That's a true statement, Hoss. <laughs> Jay, you know that. Yeah, There's a lot of truth in yeah, that statement yeah, yeah. right there. <laughs> there's Appreciate a lot of
4: you.
5: things I could say there, but I, yep. I'll just keep it to myself. Wait a
4: second. I'll say it for you. Chris, you were my favorite reporter that I ever had to deal with. Right, Jay?
5: Yeah, there you go. I, you're perfect. in the top hundred.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> Who loves you, Jay?
4: Who loves appreciate you, yeah, you Jay? Yeah, you're
5: the best. You yeah. are the best.
4: <laughs> Thanks, Jay. I appreciate. Look at it. that.
3: So, isolate that, Matt. Jay, appreciate you as always. Happy New Year again to you and your family. You got a Happy New Year, fellas. All right, same you, to you, Jay Gruden. Simply the best every week. Every Monday, breaks it down honestly and uh, on target. uh Every week when we talk about. Uh, offensive football. Your show the rest of the way. We see you lined up. We'll get right to you next. 301-230-0980. It's Russell and Medhurst live until noon right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.
2: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois.
3: All right, 30 more minutes to go. Russell's first dum-dum of the year coming up. I mean, we could, I mean, I don't know. All right, Sabah gave you a nomination earlier. Russell, I wonder if that's under consideration.
4: Um, It's under consideration, but I would be – I'm just going to say it like this. While I'm very, very, very disappointed in Ron and, and the entire operation, I think there's a difference between being <laughs> dumb and stupid and being not good enough. Uh, if that makes sense? Yes, yes, I'll buy that. I think they are more, much more, not good enough than he is dumb and stupid.
3: It's going to line one. Dale's in Hyattsville. What's up, Dale?
4: Hey, how, how you all
1: doing? Hey, Dale, good, how man. are you? Pretty good, not too bad. I'm. I'm going to tell you this. I don't care who you had in there, Heineke or or the other guy, Wentz. It comes down to this. It comes down to heart. It comes down to pride. It comes down to some fire venue. you. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous to say, oh, "Oh, you need a spark to 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 win." Y'all, when you put when you pay all this money to people to go out there and play, they should be giving their hearts out, hundred percent. It wouldn't make any difference what what who had the quarterback. I mean, if you need to just get the, the, the passing game, just it just run the ball down and throw. That's what he do. And the thing that really gets another thing that really gets me is the fact is that listen, all these Heineken fans, all these people that want Heineken, where was he when he when those New York games? If he won those New York games, we would have been in the playoffs, not New York. Look at that record. It'll be, it'll be a reverse of what, of what we have. And the thing about it is that I looked at Carson Winston's contract, and this is ridiculous. I didn't, I didn't want him here in, in, in the first place, number one, because of the fact that he's got too much money invested in this guy, and he's not been what he was when he first um, came uh, to Philadelphia. And I found out that you got another year on this guy. Now, what the, the, the thing that's going to get me is this: What are we going to do? If we want to get rid of him. We're going to have to cut some kind of check, not not the whole twenty-six, but maybe half of that to get rid of this guy. No, no, so no, 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 no. No, is
3: that right? Nope. He's got. It, it, there's an out, and it won't cost him yeah. any dead we're cap yeah. or at all. So yeah. that's the good thing. Yep. That's good. the good thing. You can move good. on. You can cut the tie good. and be. I mean, done.
4: ultimately, it only cost you a year yep. and two <laughs> third-round draft picks, which. <laughs> And, and oh, by the way, you're starting left guard. And oh, by the way, 28 million. Yeah. I mean, it cost. It still cost you a lot. People are going to diminish it and say, "Well, it didn't cost you really anything to try." No, no, no. It cost you a lot. But to Pete's uh-huh. point, you can get out of it without a Good. major, major future mistake. Uh, you know, kind of uh, hang up or, or or penalty.
1: And then we got to get a new. Got to get another quarterback because obviously. Both of you guys is not going to work. One is just shot, and the other one is basically, you know, he makes some mistakes down the road, and he and if he gets pounded enough, he he wears down. And that I mean, we need we need more than this. This this is ridiculous. And I hope we I hope we re, I mean, and Reborn Rivera that that thing that, that I saw that interview yesterday, and I was looking at that and I said, "Look, you got to be kidding me! You're not aware of what's going on. You're not aware of the fact that you could actually be eliminated if if uh, Minnesota loses." I mean, I mean that should be the the point of, of the mind. Where wherever you like, I said, and I agree with y'all. Where were you at the beginning of, of the week? Telling, remind people, that listen, we need to win this game because if we don't win this game, we gotta reply, rely on somebody else to beat somebody in order to get in, and that doesn't do too well. Yep, Dale. We got to move on. We got a lot of people. We got to right, get in you, here. Short All amount right. of time.
3: Let's go down to line seven. Tony's in Maryland. What's up, Tony?
6: Oh, hello, gentlemen, and thank you so much for taking my call. Hey, Tony, um, thanks for hanging
4: in there.
7: I've
6: I've been a, a Washington fan probably since the '60s, and first game was Sonny Jurgensen versus Joe Namath. That was the best part of my life. Anyway, I'm looking at this wince thing, and I'm thinking, okay, not too bad of a move in the off season. But then you realize, oh, you got to cut your left guard. Oh, you can't sign your right guard. Oh, what's going on with the 4-3 defense? Are we wanting a 4-3 or a 4-2 in whatever uh, safety is available? Why didn't we sign Collins back? Look what he's doing in New York. It's just so many mistakes. And I'm also wondering, does a lot of it have to do with his pride, but not signing, you know, players that are, we released or let go and realize we made a mistake? I mean, think about some of that stuff.
3: No, I mean Tony. I, I, look, I mean, again, we've all we can all keep turning the clock back in the past. I appreciate the call, but the reality is we're so far away from that past that you know the the future is not where it needs to be. And again, when you look around, look, I'm telling you, I told you at the beginning of the year I didn't think it would be this fast, but I told you Dable was going to be a problem uh, there with the Giants. They're just scratching the surface too, and. You look at those two giant games, and we thought, you know, you're kind of on equal footing there. But I'll tell you what, Brian Dable and that staff deserve a lot of credit. Daniel Jones playing like a much more confident quarterback and a guy. Look, wait till they get him some weapons. They don't even have any weapons for him outside of, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley right now. Hodgkins has been, Hodgkin, Hodgins has been okay. Bellinger's been okay, but he's probably a backup tight end in the grand scheme of things. So from that standpoint – you know that that group is now starting to find a little separation from you. Let's go to line three, Junkyard Dog. What's up, dog?
8: Hey, how you doing? Happy New Year to you guys. Okay. Hey, you all right, let's get into this. Okay, first of all, everybody who's supposed to be a knowledgeable Washington fan ought to know that these guys are not NFL caliber stars. Okay. I, I know what Sabah says, but I got a different opinion of Sabah, and I ain't going to. Re- I ain't going there with. It. But <laughs> the point is this: she knows little about what the hell. What takes about a, about the NFL starting quarterback? Now, when you look at when we talk about this, this organization does not have anybody in there that can really take the reins and can really bring along a, a young quarterback. They don't. I don't think I don't think I don't think they're up to it. Ernie Sampisi, come on, please. This guy, I don't know what I don't know. What, look, he's somebody from the past or whatever. The only thing I can say about this is, is I heard Jay talk about uh, 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 the guy in a uh, car, in in, in the, uh, y'all talking about Carr coming here. Carr has a no trade in his contract. He 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 has a he has a doable contract of twenty six million. It, it, whatever, but he has a no trade and whatever, and that means he ain't coming here. No, but they
3: could release him. They're talking about. I mean, they they may outright release him. So if he, no, they release I, yeah, him, no,
8: they 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 look. They could just outright release him. But here again, I think they want to get something as well. I think that I don't think they're just gonna. Uh, this guy passed for over four thousand yards just about every year that he was in there.
3: Dog, I got no problem with him. I mean, the like I said on the show last week, though, my only as much as we admired him for the way he held that team together last year during a difficult time when, when John Gruden was, was taken out, you know, leaving the team right now in that situation was not the best look for him, you know, this past week
8: uh, there in here, Las here, Vegas. Here, here's your quarterback you should be looking at. He's a college quarterback. I don't know if he's coming out or not. The kid look here I I like this kid from Georgia I watched him the, I watched him the other night I've watched him through the see through, through two two years now he can make every throw and and he's fiery yeah. the kid from Georgia
3: I know what Georgia you're saying Stetson, Stetson Bennett I know who you're talking about 25 he's 25 years old he's played a lot of football um but I mean, uh, does yes. anybody
4: real really think Stetson Bennett's going to be a difference maker in the NFL? That's a great question, Chris. Think, you, know he, he, no, Chris no, you know who You know who he no, is? No,
3: no. You know who Stetson Bennett is? He's Taylor Heineke. Yeah,
8: he has all the no, he has no the winning no intangible. No, no, he's not no Heineke. No, he's not no Heineke. Believe me, believe me, believe me. believe me. believe me. He's light like he years. He, he's light like he years better than Heineke. He can make every throw, every throw he can make, and he made him under pressure. Well, he has done that,
3: dog. There's no doubt about that. Appreciate the call, pal. I mean, and and you know, unfortunately, I said this last week. You're hoping that it would it would take us a little longer to get into the off-season draft talk and all that other stuff. But yet, with a with a week to go in the regular season, here we are, back in the exact same spot. Let's go to line two. Ti's in southeast. What's up, Ti?
8: Thank you guys for taking my call, man. This is my first time calling, so hopefully you guys will be easy on me. Oh,
4: nice to have you aboard, T.I. There you go, a little rick Flair. I, 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 I don't want you guys to get
8: upset. Don't get upset when <laughs> are ready to say, because, again, this is our day. This is fan day today. And when I want to be pissed off about it. Why are we bringing Jay Gruden on? Don't, don't respond yet. I don't know why are we bringing Jay Gruden on for any kind of response of a game. Jay Gruden's a loser. 35, 49, 97, he may be you guys' friends, and I get it. Bring him on to show for a little insight. But we don't need loser insight. We need winner insight. And one of the reasons I thought we going wrong on, because the Carolina Panthers to beat the crap out of us when they played us. It was so bad. I was wishing that he was our coach. And then when he came on to be our coach, he turned out to be an idiot. The DMV is full of winners. That's why we have the most value in basketball league. And that's why football is complete. High school kids and college kids coming out. The DMV is full of swag. We need some aggressive swag coach. He to change the whole culture. And my last point: Please, somebody help John Thompson. Please to sit here and let him kill that program. It's just wrong. Thank you. Uh,
4: wait, John Thompson, as in? I'm not sure. I'm not sure where
3: Ti was going there. Uh, I think right. maybe I think maybe he means Patrick Ewing. Yeah, because, I, I think
2: so. Right. I mean,
3: I mean, look, I, I can't even I mean, explain. Georgetown stinks. So. I can't even explain what's happening there. Right. I mean, they were blown out by Butler yesterday, eighty to fifty-one. Maryland got smoked yesterday. No, you know, by look, if Hunter Dickinson played against everybody else the way he does against Maryland, I mean, my gosh, it, it's like he sees that Maryland uniform and he turns into you know Superman. Uh, he was just amazing yesterday
4: uh, let, against Maryland. So. Let me let me just quickly point out when we talk about loser talk and this, that, and the other thing. First of all, Jay Gruden is not a loser. Just because you have a losing record as a head coach, there's plenty of good. It's so on a lot pro- of
3: winning teams in Cincinnati, getting them to the playoffs yeah. as an offensive coordinator. And I got to so. be
4: honest with you, considering everything he had to deal with today, and this has nothing to do with the fact that we like him and all that stuff. Considering what he had to deal with here. He did an admirable job. You can't look at 2014 and 2019 and say, well, just because he was dreadful in those two years that he had no clue what he was doing. You got to remember what you are dealing with here. And this is the same challenge that Ron is facing Although Ron was given, yeah, but Ron given, can't Ron, blame it on Ron. No, can't I blame know. it on Bruce Allen. I, I know, and I was going to say Ron was given much more leeway, authority, and freedom to do what he wanted to do. But still, it's still the same tired, ass, dysfunctional organization and 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 death trap that it always will be under Dan Snyder. I I don't know if Jeff Bezos and Jay Z are going to change things around, assuming that they're the new owners. I don't know that, but. It still is under Dan Snyder. That's what I know. The other thing, real quickly, and, and somebody else on Twitter asked me, said, like, Jay Gruden is a former NFL head coach and an offensive coordinator. Look, if I could get Ron Rivera on the show every Monday morning, no offense to Jay, I'd rather have Ron Rivera on the show because he's in the building, because he's the one making the decisions. Guess who's not available every Monday morning? Guess who the commanders won't allow on the yeah, radio station say, because they signed getting some softballs stupid from a FM DJ. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so what's the next best thing? I mean, but the same people would be saying, "Well, why would you go get Mike Shanahan?" Well, dummies, he only won two Super Bowls as a head coach and six combined in his career.
3: All right, let's get these final four calls in here. Line eight, Daniel in Springfield. What's up, Daniel?
6: Hey,
9: can you hear me? We got
6: you. eh. Oh, okay. Uh, Hey, so uh, good talking to you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, So question for you. Do you think that uh, Ron, the GM, needs to fire Ron, the coach?
3: Ron, (laughs) I can't hear you. Um, Look, Daniel, appreciate the call. Maybe you can listen on the air. Uh, obviously, in that situation, Ron, the GM, doesn't fire Ron, the coach, unless he just wants to step away and bring in somebody else. But, I mean, he's got too much. He's connected with, certainly with Herney, um, and has faith in Mayhew. That's why they brought him here. So, you know, like I said, uh, outside of drafting a guy like Nicobe Dean, the way, with where their picks were last year and with what was available in free agency, they were hamstrung at linebacker and – you weren't going to be able to to answer that need if you didn't go that way with Dean, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, when you suck and when you're missing pieces, you're at the mercy of what's available in free agency in the draft, and, and that just wasn't available to them. It's been a big cavity in the middle of that defense all year, and clearly they could have taken Pickett. You know, if you'd have gone with Pickett from the get-go, and you won seven or eight games, it would be a different narrative. You'd be like, yeah, got a young quarterback for the future. Everything's trending in the right direction. They gambled on a veteran, and they come up snake eyes. Let's go to line five, Bones in Southeast. What's up, Bones?
1: Pete Rooster.
7: Hello, Bones. And I'm sitting here listening. Hey, first of all, let me give a big shout-out to Sabah. Sabah, you the GOAT. I don't care what nobody say. You are (laughs) definitely the GOAT man, check this out, man. I'm listening to these people calling in here, man, and they all frustrated and all that stuff, man. The only way, man, this thing gonna get fixed, man, is we gotta start at the top. Dan gotta sell the team. We gotta get a new owner. Then the new owner gotta bring in their own team, man. You know, you gotta run, being the coach and the general manager. It's the worst decision whoever made that decision ever made, man. I'm telling you, man, that's where the problem started at, right there. Ron don't have a boss. He is making all these high-profile, you know, uh, uh, decisions and stuff, man. And he can't even really think. He's stressed out for real. Y'all just don't know it, but he's stressed out. But man, you know what, man? All we can do right now is just pray on it, man. You know. Thanks for taking my call, man. Love you guys. Happy Appreciate New Year. Appreciate you, Bones. Thanks, Bones. Same to you, pal. All
3: right, which one? Let's go to line six. Let's go to Jeff in Vienna first. What's up, Jeff?
10: Morning, guys. How are you? Hey, Jeff. Um, I I, I like JYD, but I've seen Stetson Bennett take every snap in college and many of them in person. The guy's not an NFL quarterback. So... um, and I, am not really in a position to comment on the commanders, but I, I will give a shout out to everybody who calls in every day, with the passion and the energy. And and you know, three years ago the Bengals were in the same spot, and then the franchise quarterback fell in our fell in our lap. You never know what's going to happen. And Chris, just a shout out to you about yesterday that dumb dumb on Twitter. I know it's only January yeah. second, but we've already had the worst. We've already had the worst tweet of the year. And I hope that guy shrivels up and just goes away. Yeah,
4: I appreciate your support too, Jeff. Thank you. I meant to uh, say that. And, uh, yeah, and everyone else that jumped in. uh, For those that don't know, he basically accused Ron Rivera and – Scott Turner of being uh, uh, down syndromed was the term uh, and the R word. And I'm not talking and about, R-word. yeah, I'm not talking about Redskins. I'm talking about, you know, the other R word that I just refuse to say. Uh, I probably should have just blocked him and not given him any platform. But my my p- argument on, on in that case is always to expose idiocy and the horrible wretchedness of our country, our society, and world so that they can get pummeled. and, and that's So yeah. that's why I did what I did. Couldn't Not saying it's the most mature changes. thing. But.
10: Now, tune in tonight. Enjoy the game. I, it looks like it's going to be wet, but uh, hopefully we'll put on a good show for everybody tonight.
4: Boy, Have fun out Jeff, there, Appreciate Jeff. it. Thank you. Let's go to... I will.
3: Yeah. Wrap things up with our man
9: Chris in Hyattsville. What's up, Chris? What's, I'm upset because that guy ruined my
4: perfect tweet. <laughs> Rooster, what? Wait, that would make one perfect tweet in your career. All my tweets are a thing of beauty.
9: Each uh-huh. is a masterwork. Uh huh. A, a Da Vinci, a Michelangelo. Yes, yeah. They yeah. should be. They should be written on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. You're like a three year old with Crayola crayons. That's what you are. They should be NFTs. Hey, listen, Rooster. How does it feel to get owned by a crazy lady from North Kakalaki? Huh? How, how is it that she knows? How, how long have you been doing sports radio, Rooster?
4: Too, too long dealing with people like you, Chris.
9: What is that, 20 years? How, uh, how is it that and in 40, 50 years of watching football yeah, and covering yeah, it, you yeah. still don't know as much as her?
4: Right. Yeah, huh? You're right. You're right. I mean, Sabah absolutely knows much more than me. I, I, I was wrong.
9: She knows that Taylor Heineke would have done a hell of a lot better than Carson Wentz. Right, because right, there's a lot of proof of that. Yeah, there is actually seven games worth
4: of proof. Mm, mm, I understand. The offense was humming. Listen,
9: I don't understand why you, you know guys like Ron Rivera, yourself, uh, certain other radio hosts who don't show up to work today um, can't see what everybody else can see as plain as day. Carson Wentz did not have it. He did not have it in Philadelphia. He did not have it in Indianapolis. He didn't have it here. He didn't have it for the first three quarters of the game yesterday. And still, this is yesterday was a pure example of the sunk cost fallacy. Are you familiar with that, Rooster? It's like when you <laughs> pay too much money for ground beef, mm. you know, or you let the ground beef expire, mm-hmm. but instead of throwing it out, you're like, you know what, I spent a lot of money on that ground beef. Right. I better make gotta, some meatloaf out gotta of it. You got to cook
4: it. You got to cook it, man. Even if it's graying right, a little Eagle bit. Eye, Even Eagle if it eye sick, it waiting it Ill. for you. Right. Maybe if you put a little red paint on it, you can get the color back in it. Sure. And if you use another analogy, you might understand – Sometimes the uh, rooster—this
9: is for the audience. Sometimes the rooster gets tired of the regular old meatloaf that he cooks. Right. He wants a fillet. Right. Well, he can't afford fillet. He doesn't even have any fillet. Yeah. Right.
4: Actually, I actually I have a freezer full of fillets from Omaha Steak Company. Uh, You know, so I was just getting ready
3: to say. I guarantee I knew you. I knew you had that, Ross. Yeah,
4: exactly. So once again, proving that Chris in Hyattsville just spews a lot of crap.
9: (laughs) Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke is meatloaf.
4: Yeah. Okay. Taylor
9: Heineke is meatloaf. Okay. It's not great, but it's nutritious and filling, and it gives you body's nutrition. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, they thought was fillet, but he's not. He's imitation beef. Okay. He mm. He's stinks. Jim
3: Ross. He's Jim Ross's right? two-dollar steak, man. Tougher than a two-dollar steak, man.
9: <laughs> right. You you don't bench the guy who got you there just because you wish he was. You don't bench. You don't dump. Uh, your date at the prom just because you want to go out with the prom queen. The prom queen ain't interested in you. Yeah, but, Chris, that happens. You know that.
3: You got dumped at homecoming. We know. It's okay. Huh? Well,
9: yeah, <laughs> I was very disappointed when your aunt didn't show up, Pete. Oh. Well. <laughs> wow, wow. Jeez. Hey, guys, pitchers and catchers, okay? Pitchers and catchers. And um, what else Two we months have away, to? Oh, Or one couple, month away. A couple of meetings. A couple more empty net goals from Ovi and uh, the NFL draft. That's all we have to look forward to. Every time of year this year, this is what we have to look forward to. Ovechkin empty net goals and talking about the NFL draft because that's all this town is, is good at. Yep.
3: Good thing is at least the Wizards have shown a pulse here late. Hopefully they are turning things around. Rui has looked fantastic again last night in Milwaukee. As soon as those trade rumors started up, Rui said, wait a minute. Let me go do something yeah. about that. All they and had th- to
4: do was get rid of Giannis Middleton and yeah. uh, and and who's the uh, the the other guy that? Uh, um, well, and we'll find out tomorrow
3: right. night because same two teams in a scheduling yeah. quirk. Same right. two teams tomorrow night, same city. So we'll see how things go. Wrap things up in a moment right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Maybe Sam Howe will be touched for the very first time next week. Mm. Dallas this season, trying to compete for a division championship. You look up and you're going to face Sam Howe. We think. How about that, maybe? We think. Maybe. It's possible. 301-230-0980. Burgundy and Gold today is coming up next. Stand by for that. More of your opportunity to vent, talk about... Uh, what happened yesterday right a, now a
4: charged up Scotty Jackson is in the bullpen is he yeah uh I, I what did you the say the king that? of sarcasm yeah I, I think we have to bag this because we went that's long We're, okay. we'll save it for tomorrow maybe we'll do two tomorrow that's all okay? right calling
3: I mean getting getting callers on yeah you know, today was the most important thing.
4: The voice of the commanders is riled up and ready to go out in the bullpen. <laughs> he's looking at the clock. He's yelling through the glass. I mean, he is like a raging bull, like Robert De Niro, baby.
3: 301 Keep the Old Dominion Monarch Company coming up right here on the Team 980. It's streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.